0: With more length than Johnson, now trying to check McCollum. It's been CJ's world, the last few possessions, and CJ McCollum drops it in with a little shimmy, and he'll get a chance to make it a three-point play. Go at a Millie rock, CJ. I see you.
1: Well, when the Raptors had a 2 and 8 start to the season, many thought it was a blip, especially when they'd gone on to sweep teams like Milwaukee aside with ease. But the month of March proved differently. Even after all the Toronto players returned from uh, contracting coronavirus, they still only won 1 game in the entire month, losing 13 and pretty much putting them out of contention for a playoff spot even in what is an eastern conference which is up for grabs this year it's been tough to watch you know i've stayed up late you know british raptors fans listening to this will know you're going to stay up till 3 a.m a lot of times watching the raptors succumb again to the likes of cleveland detroit another sweep of course by detroit last night probably the worst okc okc team we've seen since the pre-Harden and Duran era. Um, it's, it's been very... They're in
0: dis- kindergarten, I've heard, Kamel? What's that? They're all in kindergarten. Did you see the average age of these OKC teams? Absolutely ridiculous.
1: Yeah, literally, the young. I think it's the youngest team in the NBA, 23, the average on their roster. And that's including people like Svi Mikhailuk and um, all that, mm. who, of course, torched us with Detroit earlier this month and... <laughs> went on again to score 22 yesterday. So he just keeps following around where the misery goes. But regardless, there's a few positive shine, uh, lights in there, especially the Raptors embracing the competitive tank, which is perfect. Keeping it close, but not too close. And uh, coming up, with, coming out with the L, coming close to fading for Cade, as they like to say, Um, even more applicable when March Madness is on, obviously. Uh But yeah, let's, let's discuss this. Varel. what are your thoughts on this last month? I, find it ironic that uh, the one team the Raptors did beat was your beloved Denver Nuggets, who you did a bonus episode for us on last week and I urge everyone to go to and listen to it. What what do you feel about the last month? Do you think it's severely changed the Raptors' prospects, not only for this season, but maybe for the next few years?
0: Um, Yes, I mean, that question answers itself. Um, It's the calibre of teams that we've lost to as well. You've mentioned some of them there. This Pistons team has seemed to have our number all season. Um was it our third loss in the month? We had three losses in this month against Detroit, which is um
1: Yeah, that's right. Fourth bizarre. March, I mean seventeenth and thirtieth, yeah.
0: Um two of those were blowouts as well. The one and fourth of March, we lost by twenty-four points. Um as good as Jeremy Grant has been, it's not something we would have expected at the start of the season. So yeah, of course this team seems to be now. Looking more towards the future, and I think that's partly where the trade comes into play. We could potentially discuss what we've seen, especially because we do have our esteemed special guest today, uh, Mr. Samuel Jeffries. He could maybe shed some light on what we should expect to see from Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood.
1: Yeah. So we obviously we did a snap trade episode. A lot of people have heard Samuel. He flew in straight. Decided to stay in London for the time being, just to see how Gary Trent get back, uh, gets on, uh, and and Rodney Hood actually, who's played a significant role. Um, it's been a week since the trade, Samuel. What have you seen so far? Of course, you've kept a close eye on them. Uh, what have you seen so far, and do you think that someone like Trent, in this Gary Trent who we're looking at in particular, can succeed in Toronto? Well, I think we saw last night
2: Gary Trent had his his first real i say good performance for the Raptors. His first two games, or two or three games, he, he struggled a little bit, especially against the Blazers. He looked uh, like he was kind of forcing his shot and stuff. But against OKC last night, phenomenal. Career high, 31 points. And I think he just showed a big flash of what he can be. And he, I think he can do that night in, night out. He showed his shot-making ability. And the big thing is, now he's getting a lot more playing time. I think when he was starting with the blazers he averaged around 20 a game and obviously he plays very uh, low hustle on defense good defense so I I think even now in a second season averaging 20 a game as a starter and starting in Toronto he's he's I think he's now gonna he's, he's last night especially he just showed us what he can be his huge potential but he might be demanding a bit of a bit of a bag in the offseason.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, the reason they fine. the the reason that Trent was acquired was that he would cost less than Norm, but I don't think it'd be more than five and te- five to ten million. However, there must be some confidence that they can retain him, but of course that's uh, probably a discussion for later. But no, you're right. La- last night's performance it was a pretty pretty dour loss to the the Thunder, of course, um, the kindergarten Thunder. But thirty one points from him, and there was a wonderful moment where, you know, the Raptors' offense could not get going. Um, But then suddenly when OKC were inbounding it, Trent stole it just before uh, the end of the third quarter, spun into the corner and nailed down a three. And it, I think that just defines him so far. And I think Raptors fans really like him. There's uh, reports that he's getting on very well and being mentored well. being Working together with OG and Anobi, I know Lowry's taking him mm, under okay. his wing a little bit. So... He looks good. For our what are your thoughts so far? And maybe, maybe if you have any knowledge of Rodney Hood and his, of course, quite esteemed career, not only with Portland, but with others as well.
0: Well, Al. esteemed career potentially beforehand this season. Again, Samuel can probably talk about this as well. He's looks woeful. Um, he hasn't even brought what he usually brings to a team, even when his shot isn't falling, which uh, which happened during periods in Cleveland where I'm talking about his defence. Um hasn't looked anywhere near the level he usually plays at probably contributed towards um, you know Portland's terrible defence this season this is something we'll discuss later as we when we discuss Portland but something I actually wanted to ask us, our guest here Samuel is um, it's about the role that he did play on the Blazers because I actually looked up the number of minutes he played beforehand because I kind of wanted to get an idea of what role he played but he did actually average towards the higher end of 20 minutes So um, it did seem like, yes, this guy's getting a good amount of time, despite the depth you had on this Blazers team. So you obviously had Hurd alongside the two starters, of course, CJ and Dane, we all know. But then we also have Afeni Simons. Again, player we'll discuss later. But um, a lot of guard depth, basically, for this Portland team. So uh, the question I basically wanted to ask Samuel was, do you think that... Blazers chose the two correct players to trade here. Do you like the fact that they kept hold of Anthony Simons? Would you potentially even consider trading uh, Simons and Hood? Because of course, although Simons doesn't get quite the same production as uh, Trent, he uh, doesn't play anywhere near as many minutes as uh, Gary Trent does. So, what's your opinion on um, how the trade worked out?
2: I think Hood was he was a necessary necessary piece to trade because. He'd not been performing, as you alluded to before, and he was making too much money for that lack yeah. of performance. But yeah. as, a, as a young piece, I think Gary Trent Jr. is probably the most highly valued young piece on the Blazers because he's the most proven. Because even at the level he's performing now, he's a very solid role player who could start for a lot of NBA teams. And then yeah. he's got his ceiling beyond that. The problem with Anthony Simons is he's no more than a, a backup point guard right now. And although he's got a higher ceiling than Trent, uh, or at least in my opinion he's, he's so unproven yes. that he. I think he just didn't have the value as a trade piece because I think the Blazers would probably rather keep Gary Trent Jr. and trade Simons although another reason they might have traded Trent over Simons is also that Trent earlier uh, in the offseason rejected a contract extension offer and I don't think the details of that uh, money-wise were released but it's reported that he wanted a uh, a starting role, which was quite unlikely considering, you know, CJ McCollum and <laughs> obviously Dame, your mm-hmm. guard spots kind of locked down there. Mm-hmm. So I think he, Trent was, he was almost too good to be playing backup and wouldn't have stayed another year to to just continue as a backup because he's he's too good not to start, in my opinion, at least.
0: I agree, maybe um, with most of what you said there. But if we do consider the construction of this Portland roster as well, even Simons, you wouldn't say he's really a pure point guard. He's kind of um, let let's say he's in the category of Steph Curry. Of course, um, he can a playmaker and stuff. But you can always say almost say like he's m- maybe a bit more of a shooting guard. And this Portland team, aside from Simons, they don't have any point guard debt. So. You could make the argument that, yes, if a Lillard were to get injured, that this team wouldn't have any chance anyway. You couldn't put any backup point guard and expect for this team to win. But um, who was the player on this Portland team? Say when Lillard went to the bench, who was the primary playmaker? Would it be CJ for the most part?
2: Yeah, CJ normally runs point when Lillard's off the floor. Right. But Hood also, Hood also at least the last season and the the season before last sorry before his Achilles injury he took on quite a lot of ball handling responsibility when right. Lillard was on the bench but mm. obviously this season he just hadn't shown
1: that that ability so is, is that a role he could play like Benbry does now for the Raptors or is he just looked too he, he hasn't looked good enough after his Achilles injury he hasn't looked good enough but, but you he never know you can still handle it
2: yeah players play they sometimes take a little bit longer than a couple months to come back f- from an achilles properly it's it's a huge injury so you never yeah. know in a in a month or so maybe recoup some
1: of his some of his form and is able to able to uh to perform that role in the Raptors. Yeah, it's interesting because he's just meant to be a salary filler. But if things go well, you know, I think, I believe there's a team option for him for next year or he's just, he's, maybe his contract expires. But regardless, he wouldn't be a bad bench piece on a Raptors team that is looked at, whose depth recently has just plummeted and who really aren't getting any production except for the likes of Chris Boucher. Um, I think this is a good time to move on to the Portland Raptors game itself. Uh, it's the second and... Last time these teams will meet this season, uh, unless, of course, the NBA Finals uh, enjoys a Cinderella story uh, from one side. 122-117, um, uh, me and Samuel managed to watch this game together uh, from the bleachers, of course. Um, what, did, what did you notice about, just, just from a opposing team's perspective, about this Raptors side? A lot of people, there's been a lot of analysts who say this Raptors team is still good they're just embracing, of course, competitive tank. There's a lot of people saying, you know, this just the starters are great, and as I said, that there's no production from the bench. But it's a, it was a tight loss. Uh, it was mainly down to the Raptors only scoring ten points in the third. But from an outside perspective, what are you seeing from Toronto? And do you think that this is a serviceable roster that maybe just needs one, one more piece, I guess, a big man uh, instead of Baines?
2: I, I saw a very good, good starting lineup there. I saw. The, the Baines or are you talking about someone else? Maybe not. Maybe You're not talking I'm talking okay, about the, the other four. <laughs> Baines <laughs> I, I don't talk like that about Bainesy, but I thought Boucher as well. I was really impressed with. It. I've not had the chance to to watch to watch him too much before this game, but he was he had that that catapult three, which seems on. It's like KDS, isn't it? Oh, un, unblockable, form. and uh, and I, I was impressed impressed particularly with him. But I thought that for large parts of the game, the Raptors looked they looked very good. They looked like a team that could contend, or at least definitely should be in the playoffs. But then I also saw players like Stanley Johnson and Malachi Flynn on the floor, and I'm not sure that they should be getting 20 or so minutes a game. And Flynn maybe not at all at this point, especially if, if you're a team that wants to be in playoff contention, wants to be as i think the raptors were aiming at the top at the start of the season a top four or five seed
1: mm. you
2: can't have your 29th pick in the draft being your, your real backup point guard especially when he's he's quite a raw player he's not a guy who stayed four years in college and learned all the ins and outs of the game and so he he might be a lot better next season he's still learning the ins and outs but i uh, i'm i wasn't convinced with with him and uh, stanley johnson who I know brings some defence, he brings something different, but I don't think he's a guy you want playing that many minutes if you're a team that's trying to contend.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at the Raptors' bench and everyone's had sort of fleeting periods of success, including Johnson, who actually, he did give something this game, 11 points off the bench there, some production. Um, You've had the likes of Bembry and Watanabe. Watanabe is pretty much uh, completely out of the rotation at this point, except for garbage time. So yeah, there's definitely more depth needed There. Um, Also, once again, uh, I think the difference between this game was that um, the Raptors didn't get out-rebounded for once, you know? Uh, Just, well, by two. But, you know, against Detroit last night, it was 30, and we discussed last episode that they're getting out-rebounded by 20-plus every single game. So... I guess that was one one difference, um, but it's strange because Portland aren't a bad, very rebounding team, especially in the likes of Enes Kanter. Yeah, um, I was surprised. But yeah, I mean, uh, at the at the end of the day, as you say, the the Portland just ran away with it. it was CJ and Dame, who just ran with the game in the fourth, right?
2: Yeah, CJ especially. Dame didn't even he didn't have his his best game as well uh, against the Raptors, but he came up with with eleven assists, yeah. so it's affecting the game in a different way. Um, but McCollum just just took over down the stretch.
1: Oh, yeah, we we the clip we played at, the very intro of the episode, um, the Anne one clip. You know, Sam Samuel just couldn't stop going on about that after it was. Uh, it was quite a magic moment for McCollum, and actually shows how much he's really come on this season. Um, he was he was an all star, wasn't he? He he was likely to be an all
2: star if he didn't get injured. Oh, yeah, that yes, big you, injury. injury. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. How long was he out for, Samuel? It was it about two months?
2: Yeah, about, I think, a month and a half. So yeah. he he was averaging, I think,
1: 27 before his injury.
0: He looked spectacular, yeah. Honestly, before yeah. the injury, yeah.
1: And um, just rounding off Portland, um, very quickly, what's their ceiling this season? What's the realistic aim? Because you've, you've done the Western Conference Finals before, you've got smashed before. Um, can this team now go up against the likes of the Lakers? And the Jazz, maybe? I think if... <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if Dame has... If, if he catches fire,
2: anything's possible for this Blazers team. He's one of those players, when, he's a, when, when he decides to, when he is on a hot streak, he can have four or five games in a row where he puts up 40 every single night. And I think, especially this year, with, with the third score in Powell, who's, I think... I forgot to ask, how is Powell doing? He wrote,
1: For those who don't know, he wrote an absolutely beautiful tribute piece for the Players' Tribune. Uh, and if, if you're a Raptors fan, it'll make you cry. It was honestly very, very heartfelt. Uh, oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, you must. We'll link it on the Twitter mm. and the Facebook. But it was fantastic. Mm. Um, I'm due a good cry. Oh, of course. In the in these times, who isn't? But um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how, how's
2: he looking? He's he's looked he's looked good. His shot making abilities look good, especially in his first game when Lillard was out. I think he had 22 in his debut. Already straight into the the hearts of the Blazers community, but since then he's i think there's been around 3 games he's been putting up around 15 a game and he's looked he's looked he's been efficient he's done well with what we've given him but i think there's a general sentiment uh, among blazers fans that we'd like to see him see some more plays run for him see see him get the ball a bit more and get some more shots because it still seems to be the little McCollum pick and roll in iso is Stotts loves to loves to run but um, so I think if he's he's looked efficient, he's looked
1: good. But I think from a coaching standpoint, you'd want to see him get more opportunities to score. Samuel, thanks very much for your consultation today. Uh, you've been a wonderful guest, and we'll definitely see you, especially if Portland progress uh, in, within the playoffs. Because uh, Bowling in the Six fans need a team to root for this year, and we know it ain't going to be the Raptors come the postseason. So thanks very much for your uh, for your consultation. Thanks, today. KJ. <laughs> um. Varel, spending the last couple of minutes on the Raptors, a team that who do right Mm -hmm. now do not deserve to be talked about. Um, What do you you, you think? We're exactly two thirds of the way through the season, right? 48 games in. 18 and 30 record. Um, Still only a few games behind the play-in positions. Still only about six or seven games behind, uh, I think, sixth seed. Uh, are you saying just play your hearts out develop the younger players as you go and try and get momentum going into next season and then see what happens if you make the playoffs you make the playoffs why are you saying do what the Raptors have been doing against the likes of Portland um, and OKC when they put in Baines yesterday when two points down and ended up with a 10 point loss and really embrace that competitive tank where you stay really close maybe for three and a half quarters and then you just you just let let it ride out what, what, what do you think is the prospect
0: uh, is the best yeah, I, I think that latter option definitely because you talked about the lack of depth of this team but which young talent are you really looking to develop I mean I mean, yes we could got, look to Watanabe we could, we could look to Malachi Flynn we could look to Patrick McCall but these aren't guys who are going to change your franchise and we talked about how in the 2021 maybe 2022 offseason if we look at the timeline of when this team will become competitive you know the real young talent that you want to develop they're some of our best players the the likes of well Van Bleep isn't young um, but if you look at somebody like OG Ananobi you still want Siakam to develop certain aspects Gary Trent now Gary Trent Trent Jr yeah like some of our best players are players who have that who have the uh, space and just the you know they have potential to develop and so um, just deciding to you know, we're too far gone in the season. We're, we've already got 18 wins, which, um, you know, teams like, uh, you know, Minnesota looking at that and thinking, that's spectacular. We wish we could get that by the end of the season. So, like, if we decided, okay, we're going to lose every game, we're not going to end up with a top five pick likely anyway. Um, although this is a deep draft class, it doesn't go deep enough to, you know, go to number eight or nine where you've got a guaranteed, like, potential all-star. So, um, yeah, I think... This team just needs to carry on with like a winning type mentality because they want to go in with some momentum into next season. I think that's the best way to go. Yes,
1: yeah, true. I mean, as as of now, it's predicted that Toronto would have the seventh pick and uh, the forty-fourth pick uh, in this year's draft, which of course mm. could could yield brilliant things. Um, but as you say, I think it's just let it let it ride or die. You know, this season doesn't matter. It's 72 away games. You're playing in Tampa. You're pl- playing through a COVID-hit season. Um, it's, it's, it's been very difficult. You've had half your team basically out with COVID for like a whole, well, three weeks to a month. So yeah. it's, been, it's been very strange for the Raptors. And I don't think anyone really minds, really. Uh, it would be nice to see them playing some nice basketball for once, like they did against Denver. But um, yeah, you're right. Just keep developing Siakam, OG and Trent for next season. I think that's the thing. If, if the front and is- it's Lowry's
0: last season, Camille, we did keep Lowry, so you know, might as well try and go out with a bang.
1: Oh, exactly, exactly. I mean, he's he's out with a foot infection at the moment, which mm-hmm. is uh, yeah. could, we know could last a few weeks, but yeah, no, you're right. And he, I hope he gets to send off in Toronto, especially if he comes back with another team. Uh, that will be great. Very last thing, um, Malak with Lowry out, Malachi Flynn is now getting minutes, he had a season high minutes yesterday with 20. Um, But his season-high points this season, unfortunately, has been... Well, with the exception of Sacramento, where he got 12, he's been really in the low single digits, you know? Four, two, five, a lot of zeros in there. Um, He's just not looking like a 29th pick should, you know? You had the likes of Theo Maledon around that as well for OKC yesterday, uh, who played very well. Uh, And then you look at Malachi Flynn, who just isn't developing... Is that one who we can just keep giving twenty plus minutes to, and just seeing if it works, or do you think it's a bust already?
0: No, no, it's far, far too early to call him a bust. But again, you're going to be taken away from Lowry's minutes.
1: That's <laughs> no, no bad thing. <laughs> really,
0: yeah, it's it's really tough. I, I think, I think having for him just with how raw he looks getting maybe 10, 15 minutes a game, but playing along those likes of Van Vliet and Lowry might actually do just as much good as throwing him into a bigger role uh, without those guys, I, I don't know, supporting him with the playmaker while out on the floor. I mean, if he was to be our primary playmaker, for example, Kumail, um, at any point, like, I'd be very, very worried yes. for the team, you know? Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, that's up to Nick Nurse. I, I, but I do think you can't. Yeah, you know, with all these young players, like everyone, the media is always too quick to call these players busts. You know, so especially with the Raptors' track record, we've we've been fantastic with players who haven't perhaps been, you know, superstars in their first season, especially like the lower draft picks, but who've slowly, 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 at the team with its G League affiliate, has been able to develop. So, um, yeah, let's yep. just give it some time. I think.
1: Yeah. No right. You throwback to Norman Powell there of course, uh, who did exactly that. Uh, Yeah. Looking forward to the next few, uh, Golden State, Washington and LA. And usually I'd be saying, you know, target the first two and hope for a tight game against LA. But you know, with this Raptors team, you are just looking at another three L's. Uh, Let's see how far this competitive tank can go. Let's see how much these young ones can develop. And hopefully Malachi Flynn breaks through. Uh, Varel, thanks. Thanks again for, for joining on this podcast. It's been a somber one, but two thirds into the way of the season. It's looking a very different prospect to it than what it did after 24 games. Um but yeah, that's yeah. how things go. That's how things go. Uh but yeah, see you next time.
0: And just to round things off for the UK listeners, just enjoy uh this week onwards, lads, because uh of course we finally got well, partially we got lifted out of the quarantine. So uh It's looking up from here, Kamel, for the UK listeners.
1: Yeah, the outdoor courts are finally going to be populated once again. Uh, I can finally dunk on Viral, something I have not been able to do since before lockdown. Um, Oh,
0: really? Interesting. Interesting. If ever. I catch you
1: all
0: next time, everyone. Don't
1: libel on this podcast. All right, uh, have a good one.